Welcome to the regular podcast from Editorial Intelligence, the media analysis and networking business. You can see all our broadcast interviews on our EITV channel on YouTube and editorialintelligence.com. When I heard that Melanie Phillips, who I've known for a number of years and am a big admirer of, uh, when I heard that she was you know, becoming the sort of female Andrew Sullivan uh, with, without much fun, fanfare, uh, or rather with tremendous fanfare, actually, let's be honest, uh, I thought, fantastic, we'll ask her to speak at uh, Mobile World. And the perfect person to have the in-conversation with her is um, a fellow BBC person too, Kirsty Lang, um, who last did a names, uh, an editorial intelligence event when she interviewed the actor Tom Hollander, um, he the heartthrob of Rev, on, um, at Names Not Numbers in Aldborough. So no pressure, Melanie. Um, and I'm going to hand over to Kirsty. Hello and welcome. Wasn't it nice to see all those women on the stage talking about tech? Great. And uh, now two more of us. Um, Melanie Phillips uh, doesn't need much introduction. She is one of uh, British journalism's best-known uh, commentators, one of our biggest names. Um, her column in the Daily Mail is read by uh, huge numbers of people. She uh, famously began her, her career on the left, working at The Guardian uh, for many years, uh, becoming news editor there, setting the day's agenda, uh, for uh, gradually moving to the right uh, uh, and indeed the Daily Mail. I saw her described on Twitter recently as um, a recovering leftist <laughs> and I was wondering what the 12 steps to the Daily Mail were but that's for another conversation. Um, she is often referred to as Britain's political uh, conscience, although not by people on The Guardian obviously. Um, she s uh, likes to say she will say the unsayable and think the unthinkable. She's also a regular panelist, uh, panelist sorry, on the BBC's Moral Maze and Question Time. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, that Melanie and I have spent most of our careers in old media um, uh, and have watched many of our contemporaries uh, desert journalism for public relations and uh, uh, private intelligence and think tanks uh, uh, and so on as newspapers have struggled uh, to find a way of making money in the digital world. Uh, but uh, Melanie is something of a pioneer in this area because she has recently launched a new media company, uh, Melanie Phillips Electric Media and EM Books, uh, which launches Melanie's brand uh, of political and social uh, comment on a multimedia platform, which we're going to uh, hear about. So this is blogs, videos, e-books, uh, focused on uh, the big issues uh, of the day. And I think we can see a little um, video from the site now. I have a great platform, as you may know, in Britain, uh, on newspapers and in television, but I know that's not enough. I know that there are many people that I'm not able to reach, and there are many people who have the great hunger to know more. Well, thanks to digital technology, here it is. Here is a platform for all of us, for me to be able to give you what I know you want, and for you to be able to find it. More of what I'm writing and thinking, for sure, but also more of what all kinds of writers, thinkers, authors, journalists really want to bring to you. And at the moment, until now, 
haven't been able to find the way of doing so. And I want us to give you a way of looking at the world that you haven't been able to find so easily, a way that connects to what you find makes sense of the world around you. I want to put stuff in front of you which you don't know anything about because for a whole bunch of reasons people aren't interested in telling you. I want to put stuff in front of you that says, look, you may think all this because that's what you've been told, but actually, you know what? There's another way of looking at this completely. And you know what? I want to do something even more exciting for me than that because I've never been able to do this before. I've always had a kind of secret wish to make a better world. And I've always thought, <laughs> it's the lot of a journalist just to stand back and say, this is how it is folks, get on with it. But now, because I have this new kind of platform and I can bring other people into the party, I can kind of distill that wisdom for you. I can kind of bottle it and put it on the net, put it out there, and you can all come and have a share of it. And isn't that a wonderful thing to do, that I could actually, with your help, we could all together help make that better world that I know we all want. I'm just going to show you a, another screen grab from the website, because, of course, the, 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 the big debate is, you know, how do we monetize journalism uh, and comment, you know, how do we, and, and Melanie and I are going to be talking about that, um, but uh, there is merchandise, not just books, on Melanie's uh, website, and can we see some of that as well? So, uh, I mean, that's just a, 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 there are mugs and uh, iPhone cases and T-shirts with, as you can see there, think... The unthinkable say the unsayable, do the undoable. Anyway, I just thought you'd uh, have a look at that. And if, let's start, Nanny Phillips, with the... <laughs> she's looking slightly embarrassed at that, but I think it's interesting. I'm um, a T-shirt. <laughs> um, what, what what, what's your pitch for this? I mean, what, 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 what is Nanny Phillips' digital medium? Well, it's marketing me as a brand, uh, which is something that uh, I've never done before. I would never even have thought of before. Um, but it came about uh, because, um, I mean, as you've said, Kirsty, I have an enormous platform in Britain. Um, but having said that, there's all sorts of stuff which corrals me. First of all, my platform is a domestic platform, writing and broadcasting about domestic uh, affairs. Uh, secondly, um, I'm kind of pigeonholed. Um, even the sainted BBC uh, tends to um, position me in a certain type of way and advertise to its uh, viewers and listeners that I'm a certain type of person. And um, I'm not that sort of person, actually. I'm a different kind of person, and that's quite irritating, and what, it's very limiting. What sort of person, just out of interest? Uh, they present me as the acceptable face and voice of lunacy, which is um, a corner of the market, uh, part of the market that I have cornered. Um, but, uh, and there is a role for that. Um, so, you know, uh, on the moral maze, um, I present what is considered to be an extreme point of view. Uh, on question time, uh, as you will see tomorrow, I'm presented almost off the platform. Um, interestingly, you know, it's, it's, you know, let us introduce this person, that person, and the controversial columnist. Um, so I'm positioned in a certain type of way. And thirdly, uh, for some years, I've had great difficulty, because of these things, um, getting books published in Britain. 
Um, so I was aware that uh, I had these difficulties. I was also aware that despite being represented as some sort of, on, the, on some sort of extreme on the political uh, uh, um, uh, spectrum, I actually speak for a very, very large number of people who I consider to be and who themselves consider to be the centre ground. The sort of apolitical, conservatively minded, traditional, uh, just get on with life, let's look at what's going on in the real world, I don't really care about what people with ideas are saying, sort of people. And I'm aware there are a lot of people like that who are in America as well and in the rest of the English-speaking world, and they all feel or many of them feel, very many of them feel, completely disenfranchised and unrepresented, both by the political establishment and by the cultural establishment. So I realised that digital technology allowed me to reach out beyond my own domestic um, uh, uh, con confines um, and reach out and address issues which crossed um, uh, oceans and reach out to people who were in the English-speaking world um, who thought broadly like me and like the people who, who like reading what I write. Um, and I also was aware that there are many writers and thinkers and journalists who themselves find it very much more difficult than I do uh, to find a platform, uh, not just because they come up against what I would call political correctness, but because they're up against a media which is const uh, contracting through force of economic circumstance um, it's very difficult now to produce what I would call long-form journalism anywhere, pieces of 10, 15,000 words. Uh, you could once find them in occasional magazines. You can't really find them anymore. Newspapers have contracted in the same kind of way. And then beyond that, you have institutional pressures. You know, big science uh, doesn't give grants uh, to challenge its own orthodoxies. So if you're a scientist or a scientific writer and you want to challenge an orthodoxy, you find it quite difficult uh, to go against that kind of grain. So there's a whole variety of reasons why a bunch of people can't find it easy, don't find it easy to, 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 to find a, a platform. So, I mean, so you might, for instance, publish a book by a scientist, for instance, who can't well, find another outlet. Well, I published, uh, in the first tranche of books that I published, um, I published a book by James Lefanu, who is a science writer in, in Britain, um, uh, and he uh, wanted to write a book that he'd always had in his mind, or for a long time had in his mind to write, which challenges the orthodoxy in neuroscience. Neuroscience is getting billions of dollars of funding on the basis that it promises uh, to be on the verge of unlocking the final secrets of human existence, which is the secrets and the mystery of the mind, consciousness, self-consciousness. And James had the very strong view that this was entirely bogus, it was a scam. And no such claim could plausibly be made and probably no such claim could ever be made. I thought that was a very interesting proposition. I don't know whether he's right or wrong, but I did think it deserved to be out there. It would add to debate. He might have found another publisher, but he would have struggled. And he wanted to come on this digital format. He thought this was a fantastic uh, idea because he could see the potential for reaching a very large number of people. And he also, uh, and I found this rather touching, um, he very much wanted to come in on a project which was kite marked by me because he thought that you know, the whole branding thing was actually a very good idea because it gave him a kind of, a kind of context you know, that, that I publish books which are to my broad agenda, and it is very broad, 
but people kind of know what they're getting. Because well, the idea, I think, isn't it, is, is to create first an online community of like-minded souls. Is that right? That's right. Um, what uh, I and my colleagues at uh, Electric Media uh, want to do um, is to... Um, uh, to advertise to people uh, in Britain, America and the English-speaking world that here is a, here is a site, a website, um, where you can find books that you can download, where you can find videos, uh, video material uh, that you will enjoy watching, where you can find my blog um, and where you can also buy the great T-shirt and mug. Um, but which create and which will in, in due course. I mean, this, we, we haven't yet quite finalised the website. It will hopefully be finalised in the next week, and the blog will go up, and readers and viewers, or whatever you like to call them, because it's a multimedia thing, will be able to post, post up comments online. So that's the way in which we hope to to bring people together to form a community of like-minded souls, which I hope will be a very broad community. Um, I don't envisage it being narrow at all. Um, but so broader than you, because uh, let's face it, on the Daily Mail, you're probably a lot of the time <laughs> preaching to the converted. I mean, is the idea that you will get traffic through your, you will attempt to get traffic through your website that won't just be that Daily Mail audience? Well, you know, the Daily Mail audience is a very strange beast, um, and it's not just the converted mm -hmm. at all. It's very much the unconverted and the hostile, all of whom feel they have to read it. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's one of the secrets of the Daily Mail that it's furtively read. I remember my, my daughter went to university. Um, she went to the, into the junior common room on, the, on day one and um, she found everyone furtively reading the Daily Mail in the corner um, because they were sort of high, it, was, it was hidden out of, out of sight. It was like sort of you know, top shelf pornography. Um, but they were all reading it. Um, anyway, uh, the idea is that it's a community of like-minded souls, certainly, but that it will reach out, hopefully, to others who don't feel that they are part of that, you know, that they're not on my, on my wavelength, but hopefully by accessing the stuff on the website, the books, the videos and so on, they may well see that, you know what, the, uh, the caricature, that, uh, the way I'm painted, isn't quite, can't be quite correct because you know what, I find myself agreeing, my goodness me, it's, it, it's that which I hope will happen. Now what about your blog, because uh, Julia mentioned before the Andrew Sullivan model, and, uh, and, and for those who don't know, of course Andrew Sullivan, the American-based columnist, um, has set himself up online, I think he's got seven people working for him, um, and uh, this blog which people pay for, your right. blog at the moment is free, isn't it? Yes, my blog at this precise moment is on my own website, um, but very shortly, I hope in the next few days, we'll move over to mbooks.com, which is the... Uh, the, uh, the, the website of, of mbooks um, uh, and we'll have my blog on it with other goodies like video stuff and so on. The idea is certainly that the blog and the videos are um, uh, free uh, to users, uh, that people will only be charged for the books. The idea is that um, unlike other ebook publishers, um, we want to attract people by a kind of value-added component, which is me. Um, so people who want more of me will get more of me on the website, and then hopefully they'll be enticed to buy the books too. Um, uh, to go back a step, however, uh, when I set up Melanie Phillips Electric Media, the title 
sounds a little grandiose, but it's deliberate because it was seen as a way of monetizing brand Melanie through digital technology, encompassing everything digital technology has. And the first venture is M-Books, so it's books, uh, which is value-added through the blog, through um, uh, um, videos, and so on. In the fullness of time, it may be that I will start charging for other things. But at the moment, there are no plans to do so. Because so as we know, it's a very sensitive and delicate matter, charging people for internet access. So at the moment, the, you're, you will be monetizing through the sale of, of books and, and the merchandise that, that, that we've yes, seen. Yes, that's the, that's, that's the idea at present, yes. Now, the thing about becoming a brand, of course, is that you have to put yourself out there um, on places like Twitter. And, you know, you, it, it, yep. how do you feel about that? Well, I have started to engage on Twitter um, uh, about 100 years after everybody else. Um, and uh, I find it a, it's, a, it's an interesting experience um, because um, you come up against uh, a bunch of very, very nasty stuff very, very quickly. But you also find that people roar in to your support. Um, which um, is a fairly amazing thing. You know, you sort of suddenly find, you know, somebody says something that's very, very unpleasant, and you think, how rude. Um, and before you have a chance to do anything about it, you know, six other people have piled in and have said, this is not on. And on, on a number of occasions, the person has been put so much on the defensive that they have said, you know, I'm out of here, um, which I've... With me doing absolutely nothing, just watching as a spectator. So, so you're, 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 you're not just uh, putting your, your, your blogs or your columns on Twitter, you're actually engaging in conversation. Is that an important part of it? It is, because you see the Twitter, um, the Twitter sphere is a very important or very useful tool for reaching a very large number of people very, very fast. And thus building um, uh, uh, the number of people who know about uh, brand Melanie, who know about... M books and the website, um, and it drives more and more people to the website and to buy the books. So it is a very, you know, Twitter cannot be, like all this digital technology, you know, one can hold one's nose so far, um, but, you know, we all should have got over that a long time ago because it's here, it is transforming everything, it's transforming publishing, it's transforming journalism, it's transforming uh, the mainstream media in general, it's transforming the way we all relate to each other and one can decry elements of it, but nevertheless, it's here, and one has to use it. Presumably, you're having... I mean, you, you, when we talk about a multimedia platform, you're having to um, adapt and learn all sorts of new skills, so you're having to become uh, you know, business-minded in the way you haven't... You're having to do sort of, you know, make your own, make videos, um, and, you know, pro, promo tapes like that. I mean, how, you know, th that's quite impressive. How are you grappling with all of that? Well, it's perfectly true that the entrepreneurial side is something that's completely new to me. Um, uh, the, uh, but I, you know, I, I have been, as you know, uh, uh, I've, I've done broadcasting, um, I've done public speaking, uh, as well as writing. Um, so I'm not a complete ingenue in the, in the uh, video world, as it were. But, you know, this is not produced by me. Um, I have been fortunate enough to have access to some of the really best and cutting-edge people 
doing this kind of stuff. Uh, the website is a wonder to behold. Um, it really is cutting-edge stuff. Uh, the uh, books, the mBooks, if you go to the website, mbooks.com, and download the books from that, they appear on many different digital platforms simultaneously. You can download it onto your Kindle, onto your iPad, onto your PC, um, as well as, if you want to, go to Amazon and download it from Amazon. Um, and this is, not, this is not common. This is really, you know, in the, fr in the forefront. Um, and it's all beautiful stuff. The videos are being done beautifully. Um, the, you know, the production is, is terrific. Um, and uh, that's what I'm giving people. It's, it's value-added. The, uh, the, uh, when you download a book, it looks beautiful. Uh, the, 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 I don't know whether you call it a dust jacket, but you know, the cover image. Um, and, and you can, and you're going to do print on demand as well. We aren't will you? do print on demand. We haven't got that up and running at the moment, but we do intend to build that in because there are some people who say, I really want it in my hand. Now, I'm going to open up in a second, but just one more question. Um, presumably, you, you know, you've done a business plan, and somewhere down the line, if you get a community which is large enough, um, you may get over the, the whole paywall issue and begin, hopefully, to start charging for the, for, the, for the blog and so on. I mean, do you have a sort of figure in mind of the number of people you need, or number of hits or whatever, in order to sort of take that next step? I think we are uh, proceeding cautiously, aware of all the benefits and the pitfalls or, uh, the, you know, the, the requirement to make money, to, to monetize the brand, but also the pitfalls. And we are going to take it very carefully and cautiously. Um, we certainly don't have, um, you know, a, a sort of an end game in mind. Um, I think we're going to be guided very much by what people are telling us and what we, how we judge the reaction um, and the kind of reaction and what people will be prepared to do. Um, clearly, they're prepared to pay for books. Um, at the moment, you know, it's very, very hard to monetize a blog. But what if the blog becomes something quite different from a conventional blog? What if it becomes, you know, multimedia, sense-around experience? Uh, who knows? I don't know how this is going to develop. What I do know is it's a kind of exciting adventure in which we are going to go step by step uh, down this, this digital route, which all the time is opening up more and more avenues, and see where it gets us and then take decisions on the basis of where it's got to us to. Great. Well, I'm sure there are plenty of uh, questions, and uh, we don't have a lot of time, so let's take one. Marianne Seacart. Thank you. Marianne Seacart. Uh, it doesn't look like you're taking advertising at the moment. Do you have any plans to? And secondly, how long do you think you, it might be... Uh, sorry, how long until you might be able to break even on the basis of books and uh, merchandise sales? We have no plans to take advertising at the moment. Um, advertising is one of those things that also sort of gets in the way. There are advantages and disadvantages. At the moment, we think the disadvantages outweigh the advantages. Um, as for breaking even, you wouldn't possibly expect me to tell you something as commercially confidential as that. So I take that as a being an ironic interjection. Hi, Natasha Blunt. Um, I understand that you're not taking advertising at the moment, but you realise that you need to monetize your brand and, and obviously generate awareness and eyeballs. Are there any plans to work with other distribution partners outside of your own um, domain, as it were? Um, no plans, but we are 
open to the possibility. So potentially video distribution through other... We are absolutely companies. open. If people okay. come to us, and we expect that to happen, that we will have approaches as we get more established. Um, and uh, we will, uh, you know, uh, uh, welcome all such overtures and look upon them all with extraordinarily a large amount of interest. And how would you feel about them advertising around your content in other publications? Sorry, how do I... How would you feel about other online publications putting advertising around your content in other domains? Um, sorry, I don't quite understand the question. Putting advertising around the content? Yes, meaning... so say, for example, you're saying that you're not looking at advertising on your site at the moment, but if you wanted to distribute your video content, for example, through other online publishers, how would you feel if they wanted to advertise around that content? Yes, again, we would have to take it as it comes yeah. and look at the precisely the deal that was being offered and um, evaluate all the advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say everything in, comes down to that, but it is like that at, 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 at the moment. So the early days. Um, Louise Chun. Hi, Melanie. Um, Hi, I'm just wondering uh, what this does to your relationship with the Daily Mail, and secondly, whether you think this is the sort of thing with big-name journalists on newspapers, for example, you know, your stablemate Liz Jones, is this going to be what, what's going to happen, that more and more of them will be out building their brands on their own and actually, you know, owning themselves in right. a way that they've, they've never right. been able to before? Right. Well, my relationship with the Daily Mail as of this morning continues, um, uh, as far as I know. Um, uh, they've given me, you know, a tremendous platform, um, and uh, I see no reason, and they see no reason why it shouldn't continue. These, you know, what I'm doing in, 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 in all of this is uh, nothing to do with what I write for the Daily Mail. Um, one could certainly say that what I write for the Daily Mail, uh, in, 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 in the sense that I'm a columnist for the Daily Mail, it obviously uh, adds, uh, it, it obviously helps uh, with, the, with the brand, um, with, with selling um, M books and so on, in terms of my profile. But um, as a sort of day-to-day -day, uh, uh, situation, it really makes no difference. As far as journalists increasingly... Um, uh, marketing themselves. Um, yes, I think this is absolutely the future. Um, I think it's called disintermediating the media. Um, it means that the journalist uh, can now, through digital technology, say to him or herself, no longer do I have to be at the beck and call of mainstream media editors who themselves will decide whether I write and what I write. I can now set up my own platform and do it myself. And we can see, I mean, you know, it's not just journalists. I mean, people are, you know, publishing their own novels um, straight onto Amazon. Um, it's not as simple as that, obviously. You've got to be able to have something that people want to, want to engage with. Um, and, you know, you've got to be able to do it in a way that is attractive to people. Um, uh, and uh, this all takes, you know, a considerable amount of, of um, uh, investment of time, resources, skills, and all the rest of it. But nevertheless, I would expect this to increase uh, fairly exponentially. In America, um, you may be aware that Glenn Beck did precisely this. Now, not everyone is Glenn Beck, but for those who don't know, Glenn Beck is a very high profile, was a very high profile indeed, uh, a commentator on uh, Fox News, fell out with Fox News in some way, 
stormed off and formed his own internet video uh, production company called Glenbeck TV. Um, and that's what he does. He produces, you know, news, views, heaven knows what else, from a website, which is Glenbeck TV. So people subscribe to that. They know what they're getting. They're getting Glenbeck and his view of the world through a variety of different platforms, um, of which, you know, video news is very, very important. Um, and he set up by himself. Now, not everyone can do that. He started from a very, very high base. But it's a kind of taster of what is possible. And I do think that more and more of my colleagues are going to want to do this. Marinated in envy listening to this as a, as a former employee of a national paper, but also fantastically excited because I'm just so glad that somebody in this country is taking this model on and experimenting with it. I spent two days the week before last at a digital conference on digital writing for the future and frankly the future bit of it didn't seem all that encouraging what it really came down to was um, mass self-publishing an enormous number of people wanting to publish themselves with not all that much sense of a market but one thing that I wanted to ask you in relation to this current venture is the book publishing model are you doing presumably this is not the traditional model of advances and royalties presumably you are people are doing it kind of on spec investing their time and seeing what comes out. I mean I'm not asking you to give away trade secrets but I presume it's a non-traditional model right. is it? Um, I think it's not a traditional model in, a, in, in, in any respect I mean the traditional model is you know as a writer uh, you have an idea uh, you go to your agent he says she says hmm I'll punt that um, they punt it Weeks go by, a publisher bites, the publisher says, I like this, um, when can you write it? You say, well, I can deliver it in uh, nine months. And they say, great, we'll publish it 18 months from now. That's the traditional model. So this is not the traditional model. Um, when the Woolwich beheading, near beheading happened, um, Douglas Murray produced uh, his book, Islamophilia, uh, three days afterwards. And we published it seven days after that. He wrote it in three days? He had some of it under his belt, I have to say. But he could have written it. He could have written it from start to finish in three days, yes. He, he could have done it. How many words? I mean, presumably it's quite a short book. Yeah, oh, yes, that's the point. I'm, right. I'm producing short books. So, so it's almost like a, like a sort of pamphlet, like a large pamphlet. Long-form journalism. Long-form journalism. <laughs> um, it was around 15,000 words. Okay. I mean, you know, if you do nothing else and you sit down and you go for three days, 5,000 words a day, you can just about do it. Um, you know, if you're Boris, you can do it in five seconds, but you know. Um, so anyway, so that's, in that sense, it's not traditional. And writers find that tremendously attractive. I mean, you don't have to do it in 10 days, but you know, traditionally, not traditionally, I mean, the, 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 the five books that I published um, at, the, at the beginning, I mean, they wrote them, one wrote, them in a, one wrote hers in a month, another took two or three months. And then, I mean, it took us longer because it was a launch. Um, but basically, we can turn them around within, we, we can turn them around within a week, two weeks. This is fantastic for a writer. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, what arrangement we have with the, with, with the journalists, whether we do advances. Um, we are not normally giving advances. Um, and the, the, the writer knows, um, you know, the understanding is uh, that um, uh, the potential for sales are so great 
that it's worth their while taking a punt on this because we are, and we are offering them a very, very good deal. We offer each of our writers half the profits. We divide the profits between the company and the writer. Um, so, you know, having an advance doesn't have the, quite the same, the, same, the, the same attraction. If someone comes to us and says, you know, I really can't feed myself for the next four weeks, then we will say, all right. Um, but normally we won't be giving advances, but we do think that, you know, the, the, the writers all seem very happy with this arrangement. Hello, uh, my name is Melanie. I'm a second year public relations student. And my question is uh, quite general about the um, um, effect of digital communication on journalism. Basically, um, with the rise of social media platforms, um, we assist to some kind of an overflow of information and some, um, we talked about that earlier, people can become creators of the information. So therefore, um, what, how is that influencing the journalism industry when everybody can pretend to be journalists? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes. Well, um, how, people, how is social media influencing the journalism industry when everyone can pretend to be journalists? I think it's a... It's a it's, how, I'm not sure how it's influencing. I'll put, put to one side how it's influencing journalists for a minute. I mean, I, th I think it's, a, it's, a, it's had an upside and a downside, like everything else. The upside is it's empowered people to get stuff out there without a newspaper being able to basically shut down that kind of line of thought. That's very good. Um, it's undermined the terrible iron grip that newspapers and other media have on public debate. So that's good. However, a newspaper or a journalistic outfit um, builds in an editing function, which is a discriminatory function, in which you, you know, through your expertise as an editor, you sort out wheat from chaff, you sort out the rubbish from the good stuff, you sort out the lies from the truth and, and all the rest of it, and you have certain standards. And unfortunately, it's a wild west on the internet. There are no standards. And unfortunately, a lot of people now believe a lot of stuff which is clearly, to me, absolutely uh, challengeable because it's just nonsense. It's never been through a kind of quality control mechanism. Now, what's that, what that is doing to journalism? Well, um, the first thing that's happening to journalism is that old journalism, by which I mean newspapers that come out every day, are totally uh, undermined by this, uh, uh, by the speed of digital uh, news, as we can all see. And so journalism, uh, 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 newspapers have gone into digital uh, formats as well. So everyone has you know, a website. Um, and the website sits sort of uneasily with the paper. And no one's quite sure whether the websites are going to swallow up the paper, whether you know, people eventually are not going to be reading paper anymore. No one, no one actually knows this. People are sort of assuming that that might happen, but no one quite knows whether the you know, human nature of being as it is, whether the, the human being is going to say, you know what, paper is just so old and I'm just not interested, or whether people are going to say there is some connection with paper that I must still retain. So no one knows the answer to that. Thank you. Well said.